0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, And today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are two writers who've got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also cover the Chargers for the LA Football Network, but We have been covering the Chargers for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which you can catch weekly on Facebook. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into all of our new listeners. We really appreciate you guys checking out the show and definitely a special thank you to all of our loyal listeners and for you guys, just a scheduling update. This will be the second to last show of the week, so we'll be getting one more show in tomorrow for your Thanksgiving Day celebration, and that will be the last show of the week, but we will get in all of our predictions and our keys for success as well. But enough about that. We have a fun show to get into today because we have great news on the injury front because Austin Eckler is coming back from injured reserve. We don't know if he's going to play yet, but that is the first step and that is going to happen according to Tom Pelissero. We'll also talk about Justin Herbert looking at some records that he might break this season and just some ridiculous numbers and then we'll be getting into our voicemail segment and we have a lot of good voicemails today. We're going to be talking about this last game against the Jets. We'll be talking about what Keenan Allen has to do to get in the Hall of Fame as well as getting into a head coaching change, a defensive coordinator change and maybe even a GM change and some candidates for those positions. So Let's go ahead and get into it. On Tuesday, it was reported that Chargers star running back Austin Eckler is going to be designated to return from injured reserve. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Los Angeles Chargers running game has not been strong this season, but their best running back. Austin Eckler has been out since week four. And now we finally have some good news from this after yesterday he posted on Instagram saying that he had checked off all the boxes on his rehab. Today, NFL reporter Tom Pelicero said the Chargers plan to designate running back Austin Eckler for return from injured reserve this week, per source. Not yet clear if he'll play Sunday against the Bills, but Eckler will practice for the first time since a significant hamstring injury in week four. This is obviously some major news for the Chargers, David. And I think it's also major news for Justin Herbert, who just gets another tool on that tool belt, another dangerous weapon. And really, the only guy on the Chargers that isn't going to beat you deep, but what he is going to do is he can take a short play and turn it into a big play. And they don't necessarily have that. Keenan Allen. Hunter Henry are both good in short range situations, but they're not as explosive as Austin Eckler, who just constantly makes guys miss. And now, I mean, if you ask him, he thinks he's probably playing this week. But either way, it's looking like he's going to be back very soon and even potentially this week.
2: Yeah, you have to kind of take a look at the practice pattern, Daniel. I think if you see him as a limited participant this week, I would have some doubt at his chances to be ready to play on Sunday. It will be very important to watch What kind of status he is practicing with coming into this week uh, as it indicates his availability for Sunday, but the Chargers have desperately missed Austin Eckler. A couple of guys have tried to replace some of that production in his stead. I mean, Joshua Kelly was brought in for this sole purpose just because Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson have had injury issues in the past, but Joshua Kelly has not been getting it done. He has 311 rushing yards this year, which leads the Chargers, but he is only running at three yards per carry. Troy May Pope is having some success in limited carries. He has 5.5 yards per carry, so hopefully they can get him back involved. And the main guy they've been giving the bulk of the carries to, Kalen Balazs, uh, we have to see what his status is on in, on the injury report, but he's you know running admirably at 3.7 yards per carry. Austin Eckler's been very productive in the four games that he's played this year. yards per carry we all know austin eckler is incredibly efficient and pound for pound one of the strongest players in the nfl so that's why you make so many people miss that's why he gets extra yards that's why he is such a threat that the chargers have desperately missed hopefully he will be back
1: and ready to play on sunday for the chargers against the bills and with how great keenan allen has been going into this year You could make an argument that the Chargers' best offensive weapon was Austin Eckler, just because he doesn't need a lot to make a lot out of a play, and for him to come back for Justin Herbert going down the stretch will do nothing but gain his confidence, because he does like to throw to his running backs if his first reads aren't there in his progressions. Another thing I want to get into on today's news is that Kevin Boylard of CBS Sports has come out with a weekly article. This time it's numbers to know from week 11, and one of the big numbers he wanted to talk about had to do with Justin Herbert and the important number that everyone needs to know here about Justin Herbert David is the number 37
2: yes exactly the number 37 and you might be asking yourself why the number 37 well it's because Justin Herbert is on pace to throw 37 passing touchdowns this year which would absolutely shatter and eradicate the previous rookie touchdown record held by Baker Mayfield which is 27 Justin Herbert has 22 touchdowns already in nine starts. He has been absolutely killing it on fire. And there's a couple other numbers that he's creeping up on and might uh, also add to his laundry list of accomplishments here in his rookie season. The completion record is 397, which was set by Carson Wentz, and Justin Herbert is on pace to break that. And the big one, I think, for me is the yards, which is held by Andrew Luck, the phenom from the Indianapolis Colts, had 4,397 passing yards, and Justin Herbert is averaging a little over 300 passing yards per game. If he continues on that
1: trajectory, he will have all three of those rookie records by the end of the year. That's what it looks like right now, and I just don't understand how he could be putting up that big of a difference potentially in the most rookie passing touchdowns of all time because we have seen a lot of great quarterbacks start in their first year not all of them obviously patrick mahomes sat aaron Rodgers sat even philip rivers sat for a couple of seasons but 37 to 27 i mean the fact that he only needs five touchdowns in six games right now seems very attainable and it seems like there's no way that he's not going to pass it and no matter what he turns into right now these are the numbers that will be living on in nfl history forever with how good he's been I mean you look at that compared to some other guys that started pretty quickly like Kyler Murray or even Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson none of those guys are putting up numbers that compared to what Justin Herbert has done this season and everybody has their own different scenarios with their own different set of offensive weapons but with the offensive line that Justin Herbert has which is not something to write home about I just continue and continue to be impressed with what this kid has been able to do. And it doesn't seem like he's slowing down. It actually scary enough for the rest of the league seems like he's getting better, but we do have two more segments to get into because it's time to get into our voicemails in the next segment. Zach Zach from Florida has three different options, GM head coach and defensive coordinator that the chargers could look at next year. And we're going to get into much more coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys that the one way that you guys, while the pandemic is raging, while the pandemic is going on, can try to keep yourself in shape is by getting an echelon. Whether it's one of their fitness bikes or any of the new technology that they have over there, they offer the next generation of connected fitness bikes Fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all new Echelon Stride Smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. And I know a lot of you feel like you need a personal trainer or something like that to get the workout that you think is necessary. And that's why you go and get those lessons at the gym. But with Echelon, the instructors that they have will push you to your brink. I can promise you that. I know. From experience, and right now you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. All you have to do is go to echelonfit.com/nfl. That's e c h e l o n fit.com/nfl. This episode is also brought to you by one of my other favorite sponsors, and I'm talking about Axon Tasers. And yes, I am talking about tasers. And really, honestly, just who doesn't want a taser, especially when they're as badass as what they have over at Axon? I mean, protecting your family is Protecting my family is my number one priority, but I want to do it safely. The people at Taser believe that the safer self-defense is a better self-defense, and that's why Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you in your glove compartment or your purse, yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. It can incapacitate an attacker for up to 30 seconds, and it's not necessarily just a burglar or somebody who's trying to attack you on the streets, but it could also be trying to fight off a mountain lion or something like that while you're going on hikes or if you're in just an area that you aren't feeling very comfortable. Nothing's going to make you feel more comfortable than having an Axon Taser. And right now, tasers are allowed without a permit in most U.S. states and you can get the Taser Pulse Plus which looks almost like a handgun and actually shoots a projectile taser out or the taser strike light, which is the one that our host John Kegley also has. You can get those at taser.com with the promo code NFL and save 15% off your order. That's taser.com promo code NFL, T-A-S-E-R.com promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, well, it's time to get into some voicemails and we'll get into some options for the Chargers if they want to change up their head coach or their defensive coordinator or their general manager and what it would take for a guy like Keenan Allen to get in the Hall of Fame. But today we're going to start with Joe from Jersey. But first, if you guys don't know the number, it's 323-524-7924 and we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. And it's funny that we got less In a week that the Chargers actually won, people don't need the venting as much this week, even though I think there's still some venting in here. But let's hear what Joe has for us this week.
3: Hey, guys. It's Joe from Jersey. Uh, Just giving you a call after the game. Um, I'm going to come at you with some thankfulness. It's Thanksgiving coming up. I'm going to come at you with thankfulness. I am so incredibly thankful to have Justin Herbert as our quarterback. He He was a masterful today. He was just an assassin. He was... Surgical. He did everything you could possibly want. He was mobile. He threw the ball with zip. I mean, he just played so far beyond my wildest expectations. So I want to come across as that thankful Charger fan. I don't care about the win. It's a total joke that the game was an eight point game. Total joke it was even that close. Just, I think Rich Gannon said it best with the offensive coordinator in the fourth quarter. I think, uh, Gus Bradley is just absolutely got torn up by a Jets offense, which is just god awful. But I'm thankful for our quarterback. I'm really thankful for the quarterback that we have. Belage is overrated. He's average at best, but it makes our running game look decent. But Gene Allen was a guy also. He had a couple of drops, but very good. But Herbert's doing it for him. It's just, just Herbert is just the man. Gus, Gus Bradley. Anthony win. This was just an embarrassing game. The special teams, again, I know Kelly missed the block, but what a joke. I, I mean, I didn't come across as a, as a complaining Charger fan. I am thankful for Justin Herbert, but you know, <laughs> I'll take the, I, I don't know if I want to take the win. I almost want the better draft pick to protect Herbert or to get the cornerback, whatever. But thank God for Justin Herbert or this season would be an utter failure. Go both. Love you guys. Keep up the good work.
1: Take care. Happy Thanksgiving. Go both. So I think it is nice, David. I know we just talked about the records that Justin Herbert was putting up, and obviously Joshua Kelly did miss that huge block last week, and the special teams part of it, and that really made the special teams look a lot worse, obviously, but that's nowhere near their biggest problem. But I think it is just a nice time to be thankful that the Chargers got the guy that everyone was scared of drafting Labeled probably the most bust worthy quarterback option of the 2020 draft, you could say. And now the Chargers have him on their team and he is just blowing away every expectation.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's funny to look on social media and see everybody retweeting all of those ice cold takes from all of those you know, analysts with the the air quotes saying that Justin Herbert was going to be such a bust. Thank and, God I deleted yeah, I mean, all
1: mine, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, both of us both uh, were two guys. I mean, admittedly, right? But we both admitted we were wrong. And uh, Justin Herbert, I mean, he obviously had all the physical tools and the gifts and the smarts. We just didn't know he could put it together at the NFL level. And he has shown week after week after week, that not only can he, but
1: he's just scratching the surface. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think that really my biggest reservation was, hey, obviously this guy is a moldable talent. He has a lot of intangibles that you can't teach. Is this coaching staff? the right coaching staff to bring that along, to help a quarterback get better, to help a quarterback grow. I didn't necessarily think that was the case. And it's just hard to kind of separate how much of it is just Justin Herbert working on his own and how much this coaching staff has brought him along because obviously what they've been able to do with this rookie quarterback has been super impressive. It just hasn't turned in too many wins for the Chargers. But let's get into the next one. This is a Brian from Columbus. Let's hear what he has for us.
4: Hey guys, Brian in Columbus, Ohio calling again. I just got done watching the game. Great game. Chargers win. I'll try and make this quick. I'm watching Keenan Allen. The guy's an animal. Um, At this point in his career, I'm I'm wondering what he's got to do to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I I know he's not there yet, but next five years, what has he got to do to get there? What do you think? Um, Next, Kalen Balazs. Love that guy. He's exactly what I thought they were trying to get in the draft. Instead, they got... Uh, Joshua Kelly's scat back. Um, all these teams are looking at Balazs and wondering why in the world they got rid of him. The guy's really making a name for himself. And my final thought, um, is there a team with worse coaching in the fourth quarter? They're making so many mistakes, and they almost got beat by the 0-9 Jets. So, uh, love the show. Keep it up, guys. Thanks.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of people probably think that Caleb Balazs is what they hoped Joshua Kelly would be, and Joshua Kelly, I mean... It's just been a disappointment. Ever since the fumbles, he's been a different player. He looked really good early on in the season. And that came to a screeching halt after this couple of games. But I also don't think there is a team that has coached worse than the Chargers in the fourth quarter at all either. But I want to stick on the Keenan Allen part of this, David, because obviously when you look at some of the records he's even put up, I mean, in the last game or just historically in the NFL, he's putting up, I mean, premier numbers. I mean, top wide receiver numbers ever in a lot of categories on a per-game basis. But the other part of that is his per-game stats aren't necessarily the ones that are going to get him into the Hall of Fame. It's going to be the counting stats, what he ends up at. And obviously, he missed a lot of games early on in his career. That's going to hurt that. But what do you think he has to do to continue this trajectory and get himself a Hall of Fame bid someday? For Keenan Allen, what he needs to do to get himself in the
2: Hall of Fame is just stay on the football field. I mean, really, it's almost as simple as that. He just needs to continue to be healthy, continue to go out out there and continue that chemistry with Justin Herbert and really stay on the same page with that kid. I feel like... He did a, had a great head start with Phillip Rivers. Now it's Justin Herbert that's going to help Keenan Allen get to the Hall of Fame. Keenan just needs to stay on the football field. We know that he can get open no matter what, and that the fact that he is crafty and he has such quickness and he's such a technician is what is going to continue to make him be very productive, even late in his career. I'd like to I'd like to say that Keenan Allen's pretty close to Larry Fitzgerald in the fact that these guys are both very professional in the way they do their thing on the football field. And that's what I'm saying. If Keenan stays on the, on the field and is available, he can find himself in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done.
1: Well, I mean, and now he's locked up in a contract with one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the NFL for the next few years. I mean, their timelines are synced up, and they're going to be together. And I would only add on to that... Add a few more touchdowns, and I think that will definitely help the Hall of Fame resume. No question about but about it. I think, obviously, when you're playing with guys like Odell Beckham Jr., he might not be the best example, but Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, there's so many really, really good receivers right now. That's another thing that makes it tough, but he deserves it as much as anyone, I would say right now, especially outside of those guys that I mentioned. But let's get into the next voicemail caller here. Now we have Superfan Zach calling him from Florida with a three-pronged question. Let's get into it.
5: Hey,
6: guys. that's from Florida here. So, we all have these discussions about future coaching changes if they happen after the season. And I wanted to get your thoughts on two coaching changes and a possible GM change if it happens. So, for head coach of guy that hasn't been talked about but has had success in the NFL and is currently a college coach is Jim Harbaugh. Now, I talked to a 49ers friend, and he said that he's a good coach, and you've seen that he's had success, but he could be a bit abrasive. In my opinion, that's maybe what we need. We need someone who can – have that personality, but also can show off some aggression. We need this team to be more aggressive. Now, for defensive coordinator, somebody who has been a head coach before and is good defensively is someone like Rex Ryan. I know he's been out of the game for a while, and he's now a commentator, but maybe he could fit for this team. And finally, for GM, someone I've mentioned before to you guys and even done a picture because somebody else posted about it would be Daniel Jeremiah. Now, I don't know how much, like, business-wise he could help, but in terms of talent, he definitely knows talent. Every year he always posts and has shows about who he thinks the best fits for each team are on NFL Network. And I think we could use that in figuring out who is the best fit for our team. So just wanted to throw out some names to you guys and wanted to get your thoughts and bolt up.
1: So, David, I'll let you kick this one off. You have head coach Jim Harbaugh, defensive coordinator Rex Ryan, and general manager Daniel Jeremiah. So when you're looking at those three, which one of them makes the most sense to you?
2: I mean, if you're looking at those three, I think the guy who makes the most sense is probably Rex Ryan uh, just because, you know, he's had success in the NFL as a defensive coordinator. He is aggressive. That's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm tired of this passive aggressive laissez-faire type of defense. I want want guys to go out there and attack, and we just haven't seen that. That's just not Gus Bradley. So of those guys, I think – he's probably the one that makes the most sense Daniel Jeremiah is a former scout he's worked for three different organizations so he has some experience evaluating talent obviously we've seen how good he is at that but I don't know if he is quite qualified to be an NFL general manager I mean I'm obviously who am I to say he's not qualified but just based off of his credentials and what he's done I don't know if that would be you know the the right move there and as far as head coach Jim Harbaugh no no thanks
1: yeah, I mean, with Jim Harbaugh, it's just how the mighty have fallen. He's just had such a precipitous fall at Michigan. And obviously, the NFL world and the college world are much different because in the NFL, you're getting similar talent to the other teams as opposed to college where you know you have to be out there and be the best at recruiting players as well to try to bring in as much talent as you can. And for me, I think that's just untouchable at this point. And it just seems like... It's just been too far away from him being relevant in the NFL to give him the opportunity. For Daniel Jeremiah, the one part that I would have trouble with is just, yes, is he a good talent evaluator? I would say so, but there's just so much more than that. If you wanted to make him like your head scout or something like that, I could see it. But as far as the cap ramifications of moves and stuff like that go, how good would he be at that? Obviously, that's something that Tom Telesco has been pretty good at, and they have people for that, but that's probably one of the lesser experience parts of what Daniel Jeremiah would do. Rex Ryan, I think I could get behind if Anthony Lynn stays, which is not something I want, and they decided to get a new one. I would would put it at probably 75% that Rex Ryan would be the next defensive coordinator if he wanted that job, but that is going to do it for this part of the voicemails. We still have more to get into. We're going to talk about what we think about Nazir Adderley and Forrest Lamp so far when we're going to see... What happens when chris harris jr comes back with casey hayward struggling so much and much more coming up after this but first i need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet and i'm talking about built bars the protein bar, that tastes like a candy bar. And for me, I've always told you guys that if it doesn't taste good, I'm not going to eat it. It doesn't matter if it's vegan. It doesn't matter if it's super healthy or packed with protein. I'm just not going to do it if it doesn't taste great. And that's the great thing about Bill Bars. They all taste good. And with the 18 flavors that they always have, you can get two additional flavors this week for Black Friday. They are doing an ultra special discount for you guys and some extra flavors. You can get the white chocolate cookies and cream bar. With 17 grams of protein or the white chocolate salted caramel, that is great for me. I mean, I love white chocolate, anything. And you can also get two free candy cane brownie bars right now with every item purchased. And what you can get for Black Friday, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for their Black Friday special. But since you guys listen to this podcast, you're also going to get an additional 20% off if you use the promo code ON, all caps, one word. So you guys are going to be getting up to 45% off plus some free candy cane brownie bars. If you guys go to dot com and use that promo code locked on. All right, well, let's get into the rest of these voicemails. This one's from a long time caller. We got Curtis Loki, one of the OGs calling in this week. Let's see what he has for us.
0: Hey guys, Curtis Loki um, calling the day after the game. I mean, the game was all right, you know, I mean, yeah, we got the win, but it's the Jets and we almost didn't. That was, it really sucked, man, to have to watch that game down to literally the last second. Like, that was so embarrassing. But anyway, um, you know, Justin Herbert played well as expected. Keenan Allen should have played well. Uh, he was playing against third-string corners. Uh, Mike Williams should have played well. I think he only had four catches. Uh Still can't run the ball. Special teams is atrocious. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. What's going on with our defense? But I'm just, I don't even know if it's a, it's definitely a coaching issue, right? With Gus Bradley. But man, there was like no pass rush at all outside of, you know, that blitz where Denzel Perman got the sack and then Joey Bosa. Um, you know, his, his, uh, presence was felt for sure. But man, it, this is just, it's just, it's just hard to watch. And then Casey Hayward obviously is just a liability. I mean, we got the Bills next, man. like John Brown and Stefan Diggs they're just gonna toast us, man. Who's gonna cover Cole Beasley in Slot? Campbell? Yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, um I did wanna just ask you guys some questions about what you thought of Nazir Adderley uh at this point in the season. Um, you know, just to see what his overall performance is. And then uh I wanna also highlight another player, uh, Forrest Lamp. I just I'm just curious how those those two guys are playing in your eyes and uh what you guys kind of uh expect moving forward um as we approach the draft and free agency. I think I asked this question earlier in the in the the month. I, I I think you guys didn't want to answer it based on it just being too early. But yeah, just let me know. All right, love the show, look forward to hearing you guys bye.
1: <laughs> so I wish I could tell you who is going to match up with Stephon Diggs, John Brown, and Cole Beasley, but I do want to focus on a couple of players right now, and that is Nazir Adderley and Forrest Lamp. So, David, obviously, these are two guys we had huge question marks about going into the season. Obviously, it's just great to see Forrest Lamp on a personal level be able to be out there and be healthy. But Nazir Adderley is another guy we had high expectations for and has probably been underperforming so far this year. So what do you make about what you've seen from these two players specifically in 2020? So
2: I think for – I'll start on the offensive line with Forrest Lamp. I think I've liked most of what I've seen from Forrest Lamp. I think we, we've we always knew that the talent and the ability was there from everything we saw on tape in college. I mean, this guy was dominant. I mean, absolutely dominant in college. So we know that the pedigree was there. We just haven't seen it manifest itself on the football field. I think, you know, for the most part, he's been fairly consistent. I think the last game was probably not his best game. <laughs> he, he missed a couple blocks, I saw. Um, but – uh, overall, I liked what I've seen from Forest Lamp. As far as Nizir Adley is concerned, yes, I mean he's had a tough year. I don't think we can really put it any other way. Yeah, we're big fans of Nizir Adley, but we also have to be objective in the fact that yes, he's missed some angles, he's missed some tackles. He, you know, he's learning out there. He's still very, very young, and it shows. I mean, they've exploited. You know, teams have exploited that uh, on numerous occasions. I do think it's way too early to write him off or you know say that ship has sailed. He just, he needs to get, he needs to get a full camp. I mean, he needs to get a full off off season program. He needs to, you know, really get those reps. I mean, that's really what's going to make him better. And right now he's learning on the fly. I mean, he's the head guy out there uh, playing free safety, playing all the time. He's going to get better or he's going to get worse, but he, he's got to get out there and learn. That's the most important thing for Nazir Adley.
1: Yeah, I would say so for Nazir Adderley. And I would also say, listen, the guy is coming off of a season where he was injured the entire season and also came from an FCS program in Delaware. That's a huge jump, so I don't think it's that crazy that Nazir Adderley is struggling a little bit with his angles and he's getting there about one step late on a lot of deep balls. So the one thing I would say is he could work into that role and become much better as he gets more comfortable. And I think right now the alternative is re-signing Rayshon Jenkins to whatever that's going to cost and letting him play free safety for the foreseeable future. And I would say that he missed more big tackles back there than Nazir Adderley has this season when he was playing that position in 2019. But Forrest Lamp, I think it's just too hard to know whether the Chargers are going to resign him because of all the injury issues and because he hasn't been a great run blocker either so far this season, even though his pass protection has looked pretty good for the most part. But let's get into another voicemail. This is Ivan from Fontana calling in with a Victory Week voicemail. Let's already what he has for us.
7: What's up, fellas? Uh, Victory Week. Uh, Ivan here out of Fontana again. Checking back in with you guys. Uh, we got the dub. Feels good. Wasn't convincing enough. Uh, the defense, uh, I mean, team that hasn't, hasn't won a game, putting up that many points, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Casey Edwards continuing uh, his trend of uh, getting beat. Uh, Wysenka's Bradley trying to help him out, send him some help over the top or something. But, uh, <sighs> as far as bouncing him inside, uh, who are we going to put outside right now? If, uh, if Chris Harris Jr. comes back, obviously, for sure. I think that's a smart move to get it done. Uh, yeah, Casey has lost uh, multiple steps. Uh, He's being targeted, and Gus ain't doing nothing to help. Again, Gus is my uh, number one guy to go because, I mean, he's not doing nothing to help his guys out. Uh, I don't think uh, Hayward is completely useless, but at this point we need someone that's going to be able to, you know, not get burnt at least once or twice a game uh, out on the outside. Offensively, uh, that was amazing. Herbert, Allen, Oh, can't wait, you know. Herbert's only getting, he's only getting better every game. it's exciting to see. Uh, I want to see if maybe, uh, he could just, uh, get some other people involved. I mean, we have Hunter Henry. He kind of came alive a little bit, but, uh, he, I think he's, uh, too good of a fighter as much as it should be. But other than that, that Denzel hit on the, uh, um, on the lineman. Oh man, that got me going. Little guy laid him out. Look, gotta love it, gotta love it. Um, the Bills, what are, what are you, what are we thinking? Uh, are we gonna, are we gonna have a close game? Are we gonna get blown out? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And yeah, thank you guys for the shows. You guys always put up some good listening, man. Folks up.
1: So I think Hunter Henry, I mean, we always say he needs more touches, and he always usually does. I mean, it just seems like anytime you throw it near him, he's gonna catch it. But with Denzel Perryman, that was just such a jolt of lightning to see him take down Makai Becton. It was such a cool video. If you guys haven't seen it, it's put up on our social media page as well. But I mean, just it just got you excited for football. I mean, that's football. A smaller guy going full speed into a giant and just knocking him back, blocking off a cutback lane. It was great to see, but I do want to focus on the Casey Hayward part of this. It does seem like he's lost a couple of steps, but I do think Gus Bradley has to take some blame, David, especially in that last game, because you knew their only strategy was to bomb it deep and hope somebody interferes or hope you can make a play over a defender. That's what they did, and yet it still seemed like there was one-on-one situations all across the field for them to keep exploiting that matchup.
2: I mean, good coaches will see that and make adjustments, but we've already proven and we've already seen that Gus Bradley doesn't make adjustments. So sorry, that's going to keep happening.
1: Yeah, that probably, <laughs> yeah, that probably is going to keep happening with Tavon Campbell. I thought he actually played pretty well. Um, I would say that when Chris Harris Jr. Comes back, I would like to at least see what it looks like with him on the outside and Casey Hayward in the slot, because he's been really good on anything outside balls that are over his head this season. So we'll see what happens with that. But we had to get into another voicemail here. This one is Kartik from Toronto. Let's see what he has for us.
5: Hey, guys. This is Kartik from Toronto again. Nice to be calling in after a win. Granted, it was a Jets, but win is a win. I've really enjoyed watching Herbert play this entire year. And instead of asking, you know, a question again against Lynn or Telesco, I thought I'd get your guys' opinion on Mike Greenberg's take the other day where he said that the Dolphins made a big mistake uh, getting Tua and they should have selected Herbert. Uh, you could see like the clip on YouTube, pretty much. Ryan Clark, Orlovsky, and Rex Ryan immediately agreed with him. I don't necessarily agree at this point that the Dolphins screw up, but I think Washington and Detroit are really kicking themselves in the foot on this. You know, Washington would have easily run away with the NFC East, and Detroit would have had another quarter, a great quarterback, I think, for years to come with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and T.J. Hawkinson. So, want to get your opinion, guys, on the take. I agree that I don't think that Miami screwed up too much, but Washington, Detroit, without a doubt, are kicking themselves a foot. Bolt up, and uh, hear you guys soon. Bye.
1: I love this question. I will say that right off the bat. These are the kind of things we don't get to talk about on a daily basis just because of the three-segment format and trying to cover all of our bases before the game comes up every week. But it's a great question, David. The Dolphins, the Lions, and of course the Washington football team all passed up. On Justin Herbert. And, you know, for the Lions, you have Matthew Stafford. And for the Washington football team, you have Dwayne Haskins, even though, I mean, he's already been exiled from there, basically. But the Dolphins picked Tua. So what do you think about them on ESPN saying, hey, all three of these teams made a big mistake by not drafting Justin Herbert?
2: Well, I mean, we all have the luxury of hindsight, right? I mean hindsight being twenty twenty. We no but like like we said earlier in the show, nobody expected this type of ascent from Justin Herbert. I don't I don't even think Justin Herbert expected him to go out there expected himself to go out there and play as well as he has played so far. But yeah, I mean it sure looks that way. But also pump the brakes a little bit, right? This is year one. I mean, we can't you know, come out here and make statements like that based off of one year of play. we got to see a couple of years before we make any type
1: of judgment on how these players are going to be and what their careers are going to look like. Of course, and for Tua, obviously, I think for the most part, since he's the quarterback we're talking about here, that guy drafted one spot ahead of Justin Herbert. It's obviously much too soon to say. And, you know, that's coming from a couple of guys that really liked Tua coming out of college. But at the same time, if you're looking short term, It was 100% a mistake. I mean, who knows what the Lions would have done. Obviously, he would have had great weapons with Marvin Jones Jr. and also Kenny Galladay out there. But at the same time, each one of those guys has missed games this year. And he has great weapons right now with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But for the Washington football team, I mean, when that new regime came in and you knew you didn't want Dwayne Haskins, You have to go for a quarterback. I think obviously Chase Young is a great player who is already great. And I mean, I don't think they regret that pick that much. But I do think they'll regret missing out on Justin Herbert when absolutely they could have won the NFC East this season for sure, because it might take four wins to win that division. But with the Dolphins, can you imagine what Justin Herbert's doing right now in the short term with that defense that just frazzled Justin Herbert? I mean, that would be a hell of a team if Justin Herbert was leading that Dolphins team who doesn't have the greatest weapons, but Justin Herbert's been doing it with not as great of weapons. I mean, he's done it with Jalen and He's done it with a guy like Tyron Johnson, who is an undrafted free agent practice squad player. Donald so, Parham. Donald Parham. Gabe Neighbors. I mean, you literally... Can't find funnier names for him to be scoring touchdowns. I mean, like, what is the next name that Justin Herbert is going to throw touchdowns to when you're talking about guys named T. Billy, Gabe Neighbors, and Donald Parham? I mean, Jeff Turkey is going to catch the next touchdown from Justin Herbert. That's the way it's going for him. So even though they don't have the greatest weapon, I think in the short term, those teams are definitely kicking themselves, thinking that they missed out on a great one in Justin Herbert. And if things go the way they have gone, obviously... Every team is going to be upset that they didn't trade up for Justin Herbert, take Justin Herbert when they, you know, had their selection before the Chargers, and so on and so forth. But but that is going to do it for today's show. We will be back with you guys one show tomorrow on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there a little bit early, but we will be back with you guys tomorrow, and we'll be off on Friday. But tomorrow we will be getting into our Keys for Success To talk about some things the Chargers could do this weekend to pull off an upset against the Buffalo Bills, but until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, you can find the LockedOnChargers podcast there, and make sure to rate and review, we would really appreciate it. If you guys want to be the next call on the voicemail line, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show, but... We'll be back with you guys tomorrow on Thanksgiving with our Thanksgiving Day Special. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.